If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Here on The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as careers, community, research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Sonola Onasanya. Thanks for joining me today. It is good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Sonola Onasanya is particularly interested in the sustainable improvement of quality of life, of the quality of life in developing countries. He works as an industry analyst for the global manufacturing team of the International Finance Corporation, a division of the World Bank Group. Sonola holds a Master of Philosophy from the University of Cambridge in Engineering for Sustainable Development and a Bachelor of Science in Chemical and Biomolecular Engineering from George Institute of Technology. He has interned in the United Nations Human Settlements Program, in the Water and Sanitation Unit, and in the Urban Innovation Branch. He has also worked as an engineer in plastic research, food packaging, and bioethanol production. Sonola has worked and lived in a number of countries, including Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, the USA, and the UK. Please welcome Sonola. Thank you, Sosho, for joining me today. It's good to have you here. So, Happy to be here, man. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, um, what have been your long-standing interests in the field of science? Uh, so, I'm going to say two different things. Um, the, the, when, I, when I first decided to go into engineering, it was, I guess, the biggest thing on my mind at that time was, you know, the issue of like, renewable energy, climate change was was a big topic throughout my high school years and I was good I was good at math I was good at science I didn't particularly enjoy English but I did like history so I was in this point of making a decision whether to go through the humanities or go into the sciences being young I didn't really know what, what I wanted but I thought hey renewable energy is what I'm interested in I'm also interested in improving places like Africa so I decided to go into the sciences um, but my first day at Georgia Tech I met a guy who was in aerospace and I asked him, so what's aerospace engineering? And he looked at me like, uh, I don't know. And he asked me, what's chemical engineering? And I was like, uh, I don't know. So it's like, I feel like a lot of people go into the sciences of just being good at math and science, which is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I, I understand that because many times when you are uh, someone who's good or gifted in math and sciences, people almost direct you in that direction or yeah. point you in that direction in terms of engineering or medicine or something of that mm, exactly. yeah or grad school so you know given that you studied chemical engineering um why did you choose chemical engineering as a field to major in? 
So again, this is this is seventeen-year-old, sixteen-year-old me making decisions, right? And there was two things. Um, firstly, my sister studied chemical engineering, and you know there was a lot of there was a lot of high praise for the topic in my in my family, even though I didn't really know what it was. Um, I, I asked my sister what chemical engineering was, and she said process engineering, which made which was even more meaningless to me. Um, mm -hmm. But then she said, she said, organic chemistry. And my first day doing organic chemistry in high school, the professor said, hey guys, we're gonna start organic chemistry. This is where the money is in science. And again, 16 year old me, I was, I was 15 year old me, I don't know how old I was that class. I go, I, I just paid attention. I, I just paid a lot of attention. <laughs> and, I, and I got really good at organic chemistry because I was just paying a lot of attention during all class. Uh, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, so then I, when it came time to pick, um, I picked engineering because, you know, I, my, there was a lot of praise for engineering in my family. And then I picked chemical engineering because of a mix of my sister and of my, my love for organic chemistry at the time. So. That's kind of what led me to pick chemical engineering. So basically, passion and family influences led you to choose yeah. chemical engineering as a discipline. Yeah, I also thought chemical engineering would play into you know solar panels and things like that, which tied into renewable energy and sustainability. But mm. that would be some that would be an aspect that would be an interest of mine that will actually grow later on more so than when I first decided to go into engineering. Okay. Yeah, dude, that, that's definitely a good point. So I saw that you went to University of Cambridge. Congrats. No, that's very good. <laughs> yeah, you went to University of Cambridge. So why did you choose engineering for sustainable development as a field to do your graduate studies in? Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting question. I, I finished undergrad in chemical engineering. I didn't particularly like chemical engineering when I was studying it, to be honest. I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed just the university experience, just getting to take random classes and other topics. I took classes in international development, no, international relations, women's literature, Cuban history, African-American history, post-colonialism. Uh, and then the chemistry classes and biochem classes I really liked. But the physics and engineering classes specifically, I was good at them. I, I did well but I wouldn't say it was something that I was so excited to show up to class to. Like I was, I was excited to go to biochem, but I wasn't that excited to go to transport or kinetics. Um, so, but when I started working, I was working in the plastic industry uh, in the US. And man, you, I was in lab with podcasts in my ear talking about, you know, politics, current affairs, and I just, it just hit me that I was just not in the right space. I mean, I was working in the plastic industry, which is very related to organic chemistry, mm -hmm. um, if not the extension of organic, organic chemistry. But I just didn't feel like, I, you know, what I was working on in front of me in the lab was not the most important thing for me. I was listening to other things, in my, like podcasts literally in my ears. Mm -hmm. And so I started, I started looking at master's programs and I was looking at manufacturing engineering, engineering management, because um, I was thinking, look, let me go, let me go and let me go find a way to make engineering tie into my passion. So using engineering for, for industrializing developing countries. Then I came across this program at Cambridge. I actually wasn't thinking of leaving the U.S., but when I read the, the program, like the course curriculum, it was, that was it, man. I mean, it was oh, like yeah. sustainable urban development. Um, 
energy for rural development. Um, how do I say it? Like sustainable architecture and urban design. I was like, okay, this is it. This is what, this is what I'm looking for, you know? Okay. And it was just straight. It was like engineering. It was a program for engineers. I mean, maybe you ask me some questions on this later on, but I'll say it was the best year of my life, man. And, uh, wow. That's I would good. Wake up, I say this to everybody. I wake up on a Tuesday. It doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday or Saturday. Every day was just, I'll forget what day it was. I, like, I'll wow. forget if it's Wednesday or, or Friday. Like, you know, I, I never lived life like that before. Most of the time you look forward to the weekend and you dread the week. This was nothing like that because I was just, I was just, I was just engaged and I was just happy to be working on what I was working on. So why would you say that's an interesting statement? You know, uh, why would you say it was the best year of your life? Or what, what, what made it that way? Was it the program? Was it the people you're interacting with? Was it the, the whole? Mm. Was it the landscape, the environment, the country? What complemented that being the best year of your life? I would say two things. I mean, the country was nice. Uh, Cambridge was nice. It's a nice little town. <laughs> uh, British people were nice, but I think for me it was a combination of the program and the people in the program. Uh, wow. The program, the people leading the program were very open in terms of like how it, how it would be led. They encouraged us to ask them difficult questions. They encouraged us to ask each other difficult questions. So it was maybe the most intellectually engaged I'd ever been. Um, people wow. asking very hard questions and challenging each other, but not in a, not in a, not in a egoistic manner, you know? Yeah. It was more, what is the best, the best solution, including social aspects, talking about gender aspects, talking about environmental aspects, talking about economic aspects of technology, all these things. And it was, and so yeah, it was pro the program was great in itself and what I learned, but then the people just being around very impassioned people of similar values to you, also having these almost idealistic goals <laughs> yeah it was it was nice you know and it was it was an environment where i was allowed to i was allowed to just be me just ask hard questions and just express myself and yeah. it's, it's difficult to find those kind of environments i was lucky i agree something like that yeah i agree it is difficult to find those types of environments especially yeah. environments where you can thrive and be your authentic self exactly exactly yeah, yeah. So that's, that's yeah. not trying to mask your aspirations yeah yeah because you, you know a lot of people have these lofty aspirations so because of mm. the environment that they're surrounded by they kind of mm. mask or just muffle their aspirations in a way yeah you know, yeah to, kind of know, fit I, in. to fit in yeah you know it's yeah. and i mean uh, again like this was not something i was expecting you know i went there thinking the course program i'm here for the course program and the course program was good don't get me wrong but what I did not expect was the people out that were going to be also attracted to this program. And just all these people rather idealistic coming to this one space. <laughs> yeah. It was like a match. I was just really good. Yeah. yeah it sounds like you found your niche. Um, as yeah. well. Over now, though. <laughs> Pardon me? I said the program's over now, though. So it's, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so how have you maintained... Um, vision and teamwork in your environment given that all the things you do you work at the you work in a division of the world bank group yeah. um so how are you maintaining vision and teamwork in your environment vision and teamwork yes okay 
you know, the, okay, so I, I think I'll talk about those two, split the question in two. So yeah, vision, vision for me, uh, my, my vision, my goals is to contribute to this world in some kind of positive, positive manner. Mm -hmm. uh, while at the same time feed myself yeah but yeah that's true it's very yeah. important <laughs> but to you know to 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 come here to, i mean i didn't ask to be born but to try and achieve something positive with with my life um and to treat people around me well and i, I mean holding on to that is, is one thing that that i try and strive for within my group and and as i mentioned before i think a lot of that is through uh, students working together to achieve a common goal and the, 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 and the everyone has their individual research projects within the group but we are working together as a unit to to keep things moving forward and, and, and a lot of sort of the, the the overarching goal to keep a research lab running is is it's, a, it's unfortunate but it's true is that money is driving science right and so there are grant cycles that we do have to hit every five years or so and so Everybody in the group is trying to produce, uh, you know, really excellent uh, research, not, not only for their own careers and advancement of themselves and advancement of sort of the greater societal good of just developing interesting uh, reactions, but also trying to develop things that are exciting enough to the broader synthetic, the broader organic chemistry community such that we can get another round of funding and continue uh, what we're doing. So as I mentioned before, like having a collaborative environment, everyone working together towards a common goal. I think it's really important uh, to, to 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 do that. Yeah. Yeah. So synergy is important. One that common the common expression the one plus one equals three. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, what were some of the highlights? If you had to list a few of the highlights, what were some of the highlights of you working with the chemistry Nobel laureate E.J. Corey? What were some of your highlights? Um, you know, working with 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 Professor Corey, some of the the highlights really were um, uh, just talking to him about science. So he'd always come down to my lab, you know, every day or two. And he would, we'd just start talking about science. And we wouldn't necessarily talk about the research that was going on uh, at that very time within my fume hood, but he'd often just sort of sit down at the desk next to me and just start talking about uh, some idea he had or just sort of wanted to get my input on something that he had, had read and he'd always sit down next to me and he'd have a the, this uh, uh file just of papers and he'd always just sort of sit down and just start writing um stuff and we just sort of talk, ch chat about whatever he wanted to talk about and so um i thought that was really exciting that he just wanted to talk about science and it was just about science fairly broadly um, as well. And so I've tried to take some of those types of ideas and actually translate that to uh, my, my current group and just trying to talk to my group about science as much as possible, you know, not necessarily about their project, but just sort of about um, things or, or topics in, in, in organic chemistry. Yeah, that's good. So I, I think it's really an enthusiasm for science is probably like the, the biggest thing I've taken away. I mean, Professor Corey is now 90 years old and he's still going strong. So it's, that's commendable. Yeah. So why did you choose chemistry as a field to major in, in your undergraduate and then later on? Why did you choose chemistry? So a, a lot of it comes down to uh, problem solving. I really like the idea of problem solving and, and I like trying to approach problems in a logical way. And I felt chemistry, uh, I could do that, right? I mean, we, we can't see molecules, but we certainly have a lot of ways to detect molecules. 
And um, I like being able to think about things on a molecular level and trying to devise solutions on, on, on that. I think that's really interesting. And organic chemistry in particular, I, I found to be really exciting uh, from the problem solving aspect of, of it. And so that sort of started in my sophomore organic chemistry classes. I started to get into research uh, fairly early on as a uh, sophomore and junior and then ultimately a senior. Um, and that really translated into uh, graduate school where I think my like love of organic chemistry really sort of hit in uh, first year of uh, uh, graduate school. And it was largely due to my, my mentor in uh, graduate school, Professor uh, Amir Hoveda, who he really sort of um, was just super excited about science and that really was uh, inspiring to me and, and, and carried me forward. That's good. So if you had to give advice, some advice to those wanting to pursue the field you're currently studying in, what advice would you give if you had to give some advice? You know, I, I tell this to a lot of incoming graduate students, especially ones that come for like a recruiting weekend, is that you, you have to love chemistry, especially organic chemistry, to try and pursue a PhD in organic chemistry. It's this, uh, graduate school is, is difficult. Um, it's, and, and it should be, to, to, you know, because you're trying to achieve the, the highest degree that our field offers, right? It should be, a, a, you know, it should challenge you. Um, obviously, in a safe way, it should challenge you, but it should certainly challenge you. Um, and so graduate school is, is very difficult, but it can also be a lot of fun. And the way it can be a lot of fun is that if you really just love what you're doing, if you come in every day and you're like, I really want to set up this reaction, or I want to try and solve this difficult problem, it's it's not that bad if you really if you really really like it. If you don't really like uh, uh, chemistry or organic chemistry specifically um, in in my field, then it's going to be really difficult. Coming in every day, setting up that reaction, it's just not going to be a lot of fun, and you're gonna and it's gonna and I I, I would not recommend it. So uh, graduate school is a choice that um, should not be made lightly. It's something where you should really sort of think 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 deeply about it before you get involved in it, and then. Um, once you've realized that you're, you're all in, then I think graduate school can be a lot of fun and enjoyable uh, ex experience. And, and it's not certainly something you have to appreciate um, on day one. Like you may think you really like chemistry, you show up to graduate school and you realize that maybe it's not for you. Maybe organic chemistry isn't something that you want to spend the rest of your life doing. And that's totally fine as well. You don't have to. Um, there are plenty of other options for, for students, but the overarching thing, like the, the base thing that you need to do in order to like pursue a PhD in organic chemistry, in my opinion, is to, is to love uh, science and, and what you do. That's good. That's good. So as we wrap up, what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I think the thing that, um, some of the most beneficial advice really is actually to be cautious of uh, unsolicited advice. Um, and what that really means is to sort of seek out your mentors uh, and, and trusted sources of advice, you know, in, in this community and, and this probably attains to most fields as well, but you know, you can be casually talking to somebody about whatever it is you're talking about, but they can start listing all sorts of things that you should be doing. Um, but then if you talk to somebody else, they'll list you like all these other things that you should be doing. Right. And it's, mm -hmm. it's very uh, difficult to sort of like please all those people because they can often have conflicting advices and, and it can just be very difficult. So I think it's really important to sort of seek out your mentors, 
ask for specific points of advice and then try and act on those if you think those are, are important. But, but the overarching idea here is that just sort of be cautious about like trying to listen to everybody and trying to get advice from everybody I think can be uh, uh, somewhat dangerous um, uh, in, in my opinion. Yes, I agree because you know, as I think back, um, one of my relatives would say they hear, they listen to people's advice, but they take what's in it for them. So they take the portion of advice that's related to what they need to or what they agree with based on their understanding and their situation. And so yeah. there are a whole list of parameters or a litany of factors that you go through. Of course, you want to make sure you hear people out and understand their perspective, but you want to make sure what they say is related to what you're going through. Yeah, exactly. And I especially learned this in being an assistant professor. Like you talk to 10 different people, they'll give you 10 different ways in which you can sort of proceed through being an assistant professor and like you know maybe only one of those pertains to sort of your style of doing research so there are many ways to achieve success in a field many many ways like and so mm -hmm. you kind of have to find your own way and, and seek out the people that um, you think can give you trusted uh, good advice that is specific uh, to, to your needs um, yeah that's good that's good well thank you dr. Brown thanks for coming on the show it's Thank much appreciated. It's much appreciated. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I. When you're, when you're working, it's a bit more, especially during COVID times. <laughs> Yeah, you really gotta, you really gotta take care of yourself. I mean, look, you see me here. There's nobody here. This is, this is, there's nobody next to me, right? So I'm yeah. alone for hours of the day, and that's yeah. not good. Human beings, we're not, we're not individuals like that. We can be introverted, but you still need that social interaction. You need mm -hmm. it to stay mentally healthy. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, every day, man. I'll be joking you not. I try to take a walk with someone. I try to take. I hit up with my friends in the town and. You want to take a walk? If they somebody who likes wants to wear their mask outside, fine. I'll wear my mask with you. 